Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Before I pray, I'd like to welcome all our new viewers from Lassie World Harvest Television. Dole Davidson and Lester Sumrall were good friends at the end of Lester's life. You know, Lester said of Doyle that he was one of the most unique ministers he'd ever met. Well, it says in the Word of God that you know a tree by its fruit. And today you're going to meet some of the fruit of Dole Davidson. Now let's pray. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts, like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to begin today by starting out telling you a story. This happened to me back in the early, oh, about 1984. I had a daughter at the time. She was about two years old. And I had a, we had a problem at our house. My daughter kept getting ear infections. Now, I don't know if you have those where you live, but in Texas, they are a common thing among children. And she had had about three or four. She came to me one night at 10 o'clock, and she was holding her ear, and she said, Mommy, Mommy, my ear hurts. And she was crying. It was painful. I knew exactly what it was. It was one of those ear infections. She had another one. Well, this was 10 o'clock at night. I couldn't take her to the doctor's. It was too late. I was going to have to wait till the next morning to take her, and I knew what the routine was. I would take her to the doctor. The doctor would tell her, yes, it's an ear infection. He would give her some antibiotics, and several days later, she would feel better. But this was late at night. There was nothing I could do. I took my daughter, put her to bed, tucked her in as best as I could, and I told her. I said, Kristen... I said, Mommy's going to put you in bed, but Mommy's going to the kitchen and she's going to pray. The reason I went to the kitchen was, was the other end of the house. Frankly, as a mom, I didn't want to hear her crying. And she was crying. It hurt. So I went into my kitchen. My kitchen was an oblong kitchen, a rectangle. And I started to pray everything that I knew. I prayed. I said, thank God for the healing power of Jesus. I bound the devil all I could. I thank God that Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. I did everything that I thought I needed to do to get her healed. But it wasn't working. It wasn't working at all. And at one point, this went on for a while. At one point, I remember I was standing in front of my kitchen stove, and, I, and it's just as if it happened yesterday. I said, Jesus, what do I have to do? to get you to come down here and heal her. Now, what happened next just blew me away. I heard a voice. It came out of me, but it wasn't me talking. And it said, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. I was shocked. Amen. One, I knew it was God talking out of my mouth. Kathy. The sacrifice has already been made. And two, God knew my name. He called me Kathy. But what he said, what he said, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made, 
changed my life. I want us to turn to John 6. I'm going to show you this was the first time I understood in my heart the gospel. And we're going to look at it today. John 6, I'm going to begin in verse 26. This is when Jesus fed the 5,000. They had been fed. Jesus left. And the people that were fed followed Jesus. They wanted more bread. Verse 26, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then they said unto him, What shall we do? What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now remember what I said to Jesus? I said, what do I have to do to get you to come down here and heal her? Well, they're asking the same question. They said, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And look what Jesus' answer was. He said, this, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. This is the work. Did you ever ask God, now what do I have to do? What do you want me to do? What is my work, Jesus? What do I have to do? Well, Jesus tells you right here, this is the work. This is your labor. This is your job. This is your job, that you believe on him whom he sent. Now, what do you believe? What do you believe on Jesus for? Do you believe just his name? Do you believe when he was born? Do you believe his heritage? What about Jesus do you have to believe? Do you believe the miracles? Do you believe that little manger that he was born in? What is it about Jesus that you have to believe? He said, believe on he who is sent. Well, let's take a look. We're going to see what Jesus said about himself and what we need to believe. I'm going to go to John chapter 3, early on in his ministry. He's taught this early on. This is only chapter 3 in John. I'm going to go to verse 13. This is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Now remember, Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews, a ruler of the Jews. And he said to Nicodemus, And no man has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him, there we go again with that believing in him, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And what did Jesus say about believing in him? He said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, let's take a moment and let's go to Numbers 21. We're going to see what Jesus is talking about here. It said, I'm going to begin Numbers 21 verse 4. These are the Hebrew children. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people, all those Hebrews, was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. We hate the bread that God's given us. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of people Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses after they were bitten, and after much people died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. The people sinned. They knew they had sinned. And against thee, pray unto the Lord that he might take away the serpents from us. Take away the serpents. And Moses prayed for the people. And look what the Lord did. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, when he looketh up on that pole, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and he put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if that serpent had bitten any man, notice the Lord didn't take away the serpents. But it said, it came to pass if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked up, when he beheld the serpent, he lived. Now, this is what Jesus is saying. Back to John 3, he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Do you know what Jesus was telling Nicodemus? Jesus was telling a ruler of the Jews, I have to go to the cross. He's telling Jesus, I'm going to the cross. Early on in his ministry, Jesus knew where he was headed. He was headed to the cross. He knew it. Let's take another look. Let's go to Matthew 12. I'm going to begin in verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees, they were talking to Jesus. He said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. You know, they want to see the Red Sea parted in front of them. Something like that. But look what Jesus answered. He said, but he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Just as the prophet Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man, Jesus, be in the heart of the earth. Let's go to Jonah. I'm going to, read, I'm going to read Jonah. We're going to take a look at what Jesus was referring to here. And I'm going to begin in verse 11. This is Jonah. He's on a ship. The ship is in a major storm. If you look a little earlier, it says the ship looked as if it was going to be broken up. And now look at what they say about Jonah. The people on the ship said, Then they said unto Jonah, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may come unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And Jonah said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so that the sea shall be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they couldn't. For the sea wrought and was very tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and they said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let not us perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou, O Lord, has 
done as it has pleased thee. So they took up Jonah, and they cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jesus compared himself to Jonah. Why? Jesus told the scribes and the Pharisees, I'm going to hell. I am going to hell for three days. He is comparing himself to Jonah. I am going to hell for three days. This is our Messiah telling the scribes and the Pharisees where he's headed. He knew where he was headed. You don't believe that? Turn with me to Acts. We're going to go to Acts 2. Jesus knew he was going to hell. 22, Acts 2. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Notice, foreknowledge of God. God knew exactly what was going to happen. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. You think Peter was able to, to preach about Jesus? Do you think Peter knew him enough to know what happened? Here, Jesus is saying, because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Jesus knew he was headed to hell. He knew it. Now let's go to one more about what Jesus said. I'm going to go to John 11. So now we know that Jesus said that he was going to the cross. Now we know that Jesus said he was going to hell. Let's look at something else. John 11. This is the story of Lazarus. We all know it. One of the beautiful stories in the Bible. And here, I'm going to go to verse, let's go to verse 23. Jesus said unto Martha, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Have you ever considered that Jesus hadn't died yet? Have you ever considered he hadn't gone to the cross yet? He hadn't been buried yet. He hadn't died yet. But what did he tell Martha? I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Jesus knew he was coming out of the grave. He knew he was going to get out of hell. He knew he was going to be resurrected. Amen. He knew he was going to be resurrected, and he knew he was going to be the first one resurrected of millions. He knew his resurrection, we were all going to be resurrected. Let's go to Isaiah 53. I want us to take a look. We know that Jesus knew he was going to the cross. We know now that Jesus knew he was going to hell. We also know that Jesus knew he was going to be resurrected. But why? Why? 
We're going to go to Isaiah 53, and I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is Jesus on the cross, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Our transgressions, your sins, my sins. He was going to, he was wounded. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, our perversities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our prosperity, our welfare, our completeness. The chastisement of that was on the body of Jesus as he was on the cross. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. When Jesus was on that tree, marred more than any man, he had our sins in him. He had our perversities in him. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the correction, the punishment to get our peace was on him and with his stripes we are healed. He carried our pains and our sicknesses, our diseases on that body on the tree. Then let's take a look at what happens. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It made the Father happy. It made the Father happy that Jesus had all our sin on him, that he had all our sickness on him, that he had all our our chastisement of our peace on him. It made him happy to make him sick. Why? He has put him to grief. Well, now shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The Father in heaven shall see the travail of Jesus' soul in hell. Jesus knew he was going there. The Father saw the travail of Jesus' soul in hell. Why was Jesus in hell? Because he had our sin. Because he had our sickness. Because he had our perversities. Because he had our addictions. He had our sin on him. And he was in hell. Why was Jesus in hell? Because that's where sinners go. Because that's where sinners go. He that knew no sin became sin. That we might be the righteousness of God. The father saw the travail of his soul. And he was satisfied. So what happened when the father was satisfied? Did you know the father was satisfied with your sin? That Jesus satisfied it for him? Did you know about you that the father satisfied? He saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. So what happened? He saw the travail of his soul. He was satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Look at this next word. Look at this next word. Therefore. Therefore. As a result of. Therefore. Will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many. Made intercession for the transgressors. Therefore, the Father raised him from the dead. Jesus' sacrifice satisfied the Father concerning our sin, concerning our sin, our perversities. 
Jesus' sacrifice satisfied the Father. Therefore, the Father raised him from the dead. And as Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. When Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised with him. We were raised with him. Jesus satisfied the Father. Our sins are forgiven. They're forgiven. They've been satisfied. Our perversities, satisfied. Our sickness, our disease, our poverty, satisfied. Satisfied. And the Father raised him and us from the dead. Amen. Now, back to my story. I'm standing in front of the hood of the stove. And I'm considering what God had said to me. He said, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. That's what the sacrifice was. That's what the sacrifice was. That Jesus went to the cross. That he, was, that he died. That he was buried. That he rose again from the dead. And as I stood there and realized, what was my job? My job was to believe it. My job was to trust in it. My job was to trust in what Jesus did for me. My job was to cling to what Jesus did for me. My job was to hang on to, to, to just like glue of what Jesus did for me. That's what the word believe means. It means to rely on, to trust in, to adhere to what Jesus did for me and not what I see or what I feel. And as I stood there and understood for the first time, that was my job was, to believe what Jesus did for me. You know what I realized after a little while? It took me a little while, standing there, just considering all this. Kristen wasn't crying anymore. She wasn't crying anymore. She slept the whole night. The next morning she woke up. I said, Kristen, how are you? Mommy, my ears feel all better. No pain, no pain, no infection, no infection. She was healed from that ear infection. And you know what? Kristen never had another ear infection. And I had three children after her, three boys, and none of them, none of them ever got an ear infection. None of them. Why? Because Jesus died for them. Because he was buried for them. Because he was raised again from the, for them. And that ear infection, that curse of the ear infection was gone. Was gone. Do you know he will do the same thing for you? Our work is to believe what Jesus did for us. That is our job. And when we believe, when we trust in, when we adhere to what Jesus did for us on the cross, it says in Romans, this is one of my favorite verses, it says that the truth of God will abound through our lie. What we see, what we feel, the truth of God, that Jesus died for us, he was buried for us, he was raised again for us, that truth will abound through our lie and our healing, our forgiveness, our justification, our riches will manifest. I have a great song to minister to us here. It is done by Paul Peters, one of my favorites. Jesus paid it all. And when Paul is finished, Dole Davidson is going to take over. 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at kathydavidsonwol.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. 
You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.